Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to another Monday episode of It's Not You, It's Them, but it might be you with me, la la la, let me explain. And we're having an important but pretty sensitive discussion on the podcast today. So I want to start this podcast by acknowledging that a discussion about thinking more carefully before you have kids might be very triggering for some people. And I acknowledge the pain and truly empathise with anyone who's experienced baby loss, miscarriage, infertility, pregnancy struggles, IVF journeys, challenges with being able to adopt or foster, any circumstance really in which your current world or any part of your world is or has been consumed with desperately trying to have a baby or having lost a baby. I see you. I grieve for your pain. I stand with you and I hope with every part of me that you're okay. I understand why this podcast might not be for you. For many people, having children is clearly a no-brainer. They have the means, they have the support, they have a loving partner, and they have the capacity to parent well and do an amazing job. Thinking about having children properly is really important for everyone. It is especially important for women, even more important for single women, and 10 thousand times more important for neurodiverse single women. In this conversation about choosing whether to become a parent or not, I also see women for whom pregnancy is not a choice. Many women are restricted from access to birth control or unable to use it. Many women are in relationships or circumstances in which they have no choice. And I get how difficult this discussion could be for you too. I want to also caveat the episode by saying that a lot of the struggles with single parenting wouldn't be such a struggle if the government provided for its citizens adequately and created policies that enable people to have decent housing at fair prices, decent childcare at reasonable costs and policies that enabled parents to work more easily, lower taxes and energy bills. All of this stuff has an impact and is beyond our direct control and impacts marginalised groups much more strongly. Cost of living has a detrimental impact on parenting. So these conversations do apply to working class women more. So let's get into this. I read an article on the CNN website last month about the growing number of women who are choosing not to have children. They reported that since 2007, birth rates in the US declined by 2% and that accelerated to 4% after the pandemic. Researchers suggest that this is mainly due to economic insecurity, climate uncertainty, political uncertainty, shifting gender norms and less stigma around remaining child free. But is the stigma really any less? I don't think it is, you know. Online misogyny podcast bro content, which I listen to far too much of because I like to come out of my echo chamber, 
is constantly telling us that a woman's role in life is to have children and that anyone who doesn't will be a washed up lonely old cat lady by the time she's 40. And society has been telling us this forever. Little boys do not traditionally get given baby dolls and prams to play with. They're not primed from childhood to fantasise about their wedding day or the names of their future babies. They're not constantly asked by relatives when they're going to procreate. They're not rushed by society into settling down because they're running out of time to have children. Not in the same way that women and girls are. Things are changing now that people are raising children in a less gender binary way, but it is still absolutely sewn into the fabric of everything from our families to society, culture, media. Women become mothers. That's why finding men becomes the goal. My primary goal from fucking secondary school was to find a man to marry and have babies with. And then all our lives are ruined by that fucking concept. But things are starting to change in the sense that women are starting to question whether that is their inevitable path. I think that if I'd have had access to social media in the same way that I do now, back then, I may have thought things through differently. Now, I see women talk about their decisions for not having children all the time. And that wasn't normalised in the same way 13 years ago before I got pregnant. Back in the day, generationally, it was just a given. Your mothers and your aunties and your grandparents would be telling you that you have to have kids. They want the grandkids. It is your role. It is your duty. It is what they did. But things are definitely changing now that we have access to the voices of women who experienced all of that and it wasn't for them. They're now talking, writing articles, speaking to the new generation on TikTok and Instagram. However, when I do see people talking about it now, I always see comments underneath telling those women not to listen to feminists because they'll end up lonely or that it's selfish for them to not have kids, that it's our duty to the planet, that it's selfish on these imaginary unborn children to not be born. There is a whole movement on TikTok of people calling themselves dinks, double income, no kids. These young couples who've decided not to have kids talk about the fact that they want to be selfish and that's why they've decided not to have children. And the backlash that they face is furious and enormous. I think it's very unselfish to decide not to have kids if you think that you would struggle to put someone else first. It is selfish to have a child that you're not fully equipped to raise adequately. The problem is that a lot of people don't realise that they're not equipped. They don't even realise what equips you. Because their parents didn't raise them well, and that's all they know. For most people, it is a given that we will grow up and have kids. But people don't think about whether they're going to end up passing their shit down to their kids. The family trauma, the generational patterns that are passed down in constant cycles. People don't even realise that they're doing it. Even I do it. When I was a social worker, day in, day out, I saw people who shouldn't have ever been allowed to have kids. Day in, day out, I saw examples of why we should be promoting the message that you do not have to be a parent to have succeeded in life. Being a parent does not elevate you to superior status. You haven't missed out on some huge achievement if you don't have kids. We must absolutely normalise not having kids as a great lifestyle choice. It would protect a lot of children from abuse. A lot of people who abuse their children wouldn't have predicted at all that they'd be that type of parent. But abuse can be neglect, like home alone due to work pressures, 
poverty, resenting the child because of their abusive parent, inability to meet their needs. But perhaps if they'd really stopped and really thought about it and really understood themselves in a way that I didn't until I was much older and understood that I had ADHD and PMDD and all of those things, then they'd have made a different decision. So I think we need to protect children by normalising most people not having children. It is more humane to not bring new life into volatile circumstances without love, into abuse, into unbroken patterns of generational trauma. And often there is no option. You're not to blame if you've had a child under those circumstances, if you had no choice or no knowledge of how dire it would be. Most of the time in abusive relationships, there is no choice. But if there is, we need to make a different one. I got pregnant when I was 28. I'd been a social worker for years, in and out of single-parent households, watching mothers tear their hair out, getting beaten up by their teenagers, assessing parents for neglecting their kids because they'd left them home alone to go to work as cleaners. I witnessed how real the struggle was. I watched my mum work three jobs in a single-parent household myself, but it never occurred to me that I might find it hard or that I might end up a single mum or that I actually had any choice in life other than becoming a mother. I was quite disassociated at the time, I think. I had so much working knowledge in so many areas, but I never applied it to myself. I never considered how hard I might find it having children. But I had no idea that I had ADHD and I'd been living with my mum and then I lived with my partner, the father of my child, who was very responsible. So my madness was less apparent. Back then, it just never occurred to me that not having children was an option. And this was only 13 years ago. I was a woman, so therefore I'm going to be a mother. That was as far as my thinking went. And I obviously love children. Babies fill me with joy. Protecting them from harm and fighting for every child to have the best life has always been a driving factor in the work that I do. But I've never particularly enjoyed hanging around with kids. I've never been that person who's happy to get stuck entertaining a bored child on an aeroplane or at a family gathering. I've always had that protective maternal instinct, but I get bored when I have to hang around with kids for too long. And the noise of them is very overstimulating for me when I'm having a bad time with ADHD or PMDD. But I didn't think about that when I was trying for a baby. All I thought about was the loud call coming from my womb that was telling me to get pregnant. If you felt it, you'll know exactly what I mean. From the age of 27, it's like my body clock started ticking loudly inside me. I became obsessed with the idea of getting pregnant. I physically craved it. I'd been with my partner for nearly six years and we loved each other and he was a good man. And I thought that no matter what, he would be a great dad. I didn't actually think much beyond pregnancy though. I just needed to be pregnant. I came off the pill in July 2010 and I was pregnant by the November. And at the same time, I also found out that he was cheating. He left me in pregnancy and he never came back. He made it clear to me that I was going to be a single parent if I kept the baby, but I didn't believe him. I knew him well, and I didn't think he'd abandon his first child. I was wrong. I didn't consider a termination at all. I tried for this baby, and it didn't feel right to me to even think about it. 
I love my son with all my being, from the depths of my soul, from this life to the next. My whole existence is for him. Oh, it makes me want to cry even saying this. He has brought a lot of joy and love and wisdom. I'm going to keep crying. My producers are probably thinking, stop, man, I'm going to carry on. And experiences and richness and infinite amounts of everything to my life. But single parenting is so hard. And if I had the choice to do it over and I didn't have to consider the concept of not knowing my son, I'd choose differently. And it brings tears to my eyes to say this. It's hard. And this is why I think a lot of parents never say it, because once you have that child in existence, you're constantly conflicted with that guilt of like, I love him and I want to know him. But also I wish I'd done it differently. I'd never, ever do it alone again for the child's sake as much as my own. It's why I've only had one and I will only ever have one. I'd be fucking terrified to have to do it again on my own. And you just never know. You really never know. You can't guarantee it. And nine times out of ten, it will be the mother who will be left with the burden. I'm not built for single parenting at all. And raising a child alone when you're not built for it is not fair on the child or yourself. I feel like I never really understood it until I did it. Not fully. Lots of social media around single parenting is like, it's hard, but us super mums make the best of it. And yeah, we do make the best of it. I've given my son a superb life in many more ways than I've given him a crap one. But making the best out of a bad situation isn't really the life that anyone wants. And actually, it's more than hard. It's fucking relentless and exhausting. Even more so if you're neurodiverse and if your kid has additional needs. I can barely cope. And I get breaks every other weekend, plus a small amount of financial help from his dad and emotional support when our son has been behaving badly or whatever. I cannot imagine doing it without that minimal help. Some women are made for it and can thrive as solo mums. And other women aren't built for it at all. The problem is that you don't know which type you are until you're in it. And by then it's too late. I am an excellent mother in many ways. And my son is a testament to that in many ways. If you met him, oh, he's such a beautiful little soul. But he's also full on raging ADHD. He's a badly behaved, insolent teen a lot of the time. And I never thought about this part. I have PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which basically means that your hormonal changes during your period affect you in a really severe way. So you're all right for two weeks of the month. And then the last two weeks of the month, generally, you experience extremely severe, basically mental health problems. And what that means is that there's like times during the month that I cannot, I am just not normal. I am moody. I am emotional. I can't handle life properly. Noise overstimulates me. And he, 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 I take that out on him. And then I'm constantly apologizing. You know, it's this constant cycle of, ah, go away. And then running back in there to be like, no, don't go away. I love you. This is my PMDD. <laughs> It's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Having a baby with the wrong man or men is probably one of the toughest things a woman can do. The stress of having to parent with a terrible dad is an anxiety like nothing you could know. Again, we often don't know that they were the wrong man, but sometimes there are glaring red flags and we do need to grow the fuck up. You know, if you're dealing with criminals or men who are involved with other women or just not good people, if you have a choice, don't fucking do it to yourself. Parenting with a shit dad is something I wouldn't wish on my own worst enemy. I'd wish incurable thrush on them, I think. Is he flaky and inconsistent in your relationship? He will bring that to parenting. Is he wholeheartedly, enthusiastically trying to be your boyfriend? No? Then do not have his baby. Don't have babies with men who don't love the shit out of you. It will not make them love you or stick around. Save yourself from that terrible mistake. Some women feel that it's safer and easier to become solo mums by choice. They don't have to worry about the shit, Dad. I was doing a Q&A on my Insta. And someone sent a question saying to me, I know that you disagree with women doing solo parenting by choice, but do you think it can ever work? And I explained that in case anyone else thinks that, I wanted to be clear that I do not disagree with women going it alone at all. It is an amazing option for some women that turns out to be the best thing they ever did. And I support women in making whatever choices are best for them. However, I also think it's really important to be realistic about the fact that for some women, it will be the worst mistake they ever made. Women do not talk about regretting their children, because if motherhood makes you a woman, then what does being a failing mother make you? So I think it's super important to think about whether you want kids because society has told you that being a mother is simply a part of life that we must all achieve, or because you're ready to give up your whole life and put absolutely everything into a human who will not be a baby for very long. A lot of people panic about how not having children might leave them with nobody to care for them in their later years. But ask anyone who works with the elderly. It's more common for people to have few visitors than many. Having children doesn't mean having a thriving family in your 70s. Many, many people with lots of children don't get any visitors to the care home at all. It might actually mean having your property cuckooed by your adult drug addict child. Or like my nan, who got robbed by my 60-year-old dad when she was 80. The person who was there for my nan more than anyone was her best friend, Helen. Having community and a family in those around you can bring you the same kind of support, care and compassion in your older years. I come at it from a place of never wanting my own child to be different or to not exist. 
but I feel immense guilt that he got me as a mum and how much better his life would have been with two of us or if I was able to fucking keep up with my mum responsibilities in the way that I wish I could. I come at this from a place of having had a baby by the age of 41 and I don't know what tune I'd be singing now if I hadn't or if I hadn't been raising a neurodiverse child. Maybe I'd be telling you very different information. And I have made the best of it. He is loved. He is safe, warm. He has a nice life. He has fun. He has hobbies. He's thriving in many ways. But he'll probably need therapy in others. He probably will develop an anxious attachment because of his parenting situation with me and his dad that hasn't always been managed well. It's so complex, so complex. But it's also not the end of the world. To be clear, I'm speaking about it in gloomy terms because I want to hammer home the reality. If you're pregnant with a horrible man's child right now, do not fear. You will likely always feel like you made the right choice in the end. Your baby will make you happy and fulfilled in so many ways. But if you have the option to have a child with a terrible man or having no children at all, I guarantee you that none at all will give you a well-lived and better life than the one that you would have had having a baby with a shit man. The freedom, oh, the freedom of being child-free. I know it doesn't always feel like it, but fuck me, you are so lucky. And the money, oh, if the money that I was earning was all spent on me, Jesus Christ, amazing. Personally, I think having kids because you want a carer in later life or because you want to patch up a dying relationship, which is what I did, basically, or because you want to continue your legacy. Why? I always think that's really arrogant and narcissistic. Like, I need to leave my legacy, my, my seed in this world. Why? Who are you, mate? Like, we don't need any more of you. Anything other than having children because you think that you have the time, energy, patience, skill and capacity to raise another human well and not just good enough but the kid will probably need therapy, like me, then I don't think we should do it. If we can't meet those criteria, don't do it. And that is not selfish, that's thoughtful. Not least because the planet doesn't need us to keep producing more people who need more energy. And I'm not calling for the planet to be depopularized. I want more babies. I just want them born into loving families where their mother isn't stretched beyond any normal human capacity, tearing her hair out, trying to survive. I just want an ideal world in which parenting is seen as requiring skills and the many people who don't possess those skills choosing not to do it without any shame or stigma for themselves and their imaginary kids. Less kids means less child abuse. And that's the bottom line. So there we go. Let me know what you think about this subject. I'd be really interested. I know that this one does generate a lot of differing and conflicting opinions. And as I said at the beginning, I know it's a topic that can be triggering for many. And I hope I've got my point across, which is not that I'm a terrible mum. Please don't call social services. I know what constitutes child abuse and we're all right. That's the other thing. If you are not coping with parenting, reach out, talk to someone, get help from your local children's services. There is no shame in reaching out for support. It's fucking hard. Anyway, hopefully I'll hear from you on my page about your thoughts on this. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll be back on Wednesday for more Agony Aunt stuff. La la la, let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production.